0: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. COX Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. COX is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on COX analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and COX serviceable areas. Visit cox.com internet for details. Hello
1: listeners and welcome back to yet again another episode of the Beautiful Game podcast. As always, I'm your host, Budge, and I'm joined by my faithful two co-conspirators, Dot and Dej. Gents, how's it going?
2: I'm
1: good, Budge, man. We've got the Insta Live on, so...
3: Yeah, yeah so it's <laughs> yeah. a first for us. Yeah, it's something
4: different. We've got to move with the times. Me, absolutely, man. absolutely. People are
3: saying that we're slacking on this Insta <laughs> thing, so yeah, we're, we're out here. We're up
4: in our game. <laughs> of
1: course, of course, of course. So how are you guys this evening, man? Yeah, I'm very well. I'm looking forward to this. This is something very, very unique. Of this course. is even
4: groundbreaking, if you like. Absolutely. And, and, <laughs>
1: absolutely. Let's get it started. 100%, man. The uh, TBG boys are on the road again. Of course, you know, we're, we're, we're usually used to our own uh, studio uh, setting. Home um, this yeah. is, this, uh, Of course. And this mm. is what the second time in, in the space of a month that we've, uh, we've been on the road. Two weeks, even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, this is definitely a, an episode that we've all been looking forward to. I, in particular, have. Um, you know, it's been a long time coming. I'm happy that we finally managed to get it done. Uh we are joined for those of you who aren't on the Insta Live and you're gonna be listening to um the, the, the playback of, of this episode, we're joined by two very special guests. Uh one of them is the long lost sister of Cardi B. In her in her, in her spare time, she likes to listen to Jess Glenn, Sam Smith. <laughs> she's uh, a woman of, of, of many talents, you know, she, 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 she can uh, do a bit of modelling on the side, she uh, can, can coach, um, a, a bit of everything. She's had a very decorated career, she's currently playing um, uh, for, for West Ham, but she had, uh, you know, a, a long spell over in, in, in Germany, played for a few different clubs, uh, Freiburg, uh, Wolfsburg, Bayern Munich um had a, a, a quite an interesting um uh, uh, goal tally as well so i think 64 game uh, goals in in 236 um appearances <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, but how
3: do you know this? she's? Uh, she's
1: uh, <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. She, she's 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 won uh, you know a few a few trophies. I think it's uh, uh, yeah the Bundesliga. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, yeah. DF, is it the DFB Poker? I think she won it uh, three years on a bounce yeah, with Wolfsburg. Yeah, yeah. um, so we have yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're, we're in very, very good company this this evening. Um, we're also joined by. So I, I I in fact I even forgot to, to mention her name. So without further ado, we welcome Julia Simic to yeah. the platform. Welcome <laughs> welcome, Julia. Thank you. Welcome, welcome, much. welcome.
5: Welcome, welcome, I welcome. love the okay. Cardi B, um. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, and we're also joined by um, uh, FA registered intermediary, Omid uh, Albamarin. Albama, Albama, Albamamin, close, close, Albamamin.
3: That's the one. I got
1: there in the end. O- I got there
3: in the end. Omid is a legend. Yes, yes absolutely, legend.
1: absolutely. <laughs> um, so, Omid. Oh, yeah. Let's yeah. let's let's cap <laughs> as well. Of course. So this is, like we already mentioned, a very, very different um, uh, episode. Not only because of the fact that again we're on our uh, we're on the travels. We're over in Seven Oaks at the moment, <laughs> um, but because you know we've 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 not had an episode where we where we have you know a professional footballer on as well as an agent. You know, mm. um, so we're gonna you know go and and, and, and speak about um, Julia's career and also speak about uh, a bit about the work that Omid's uh, uh, doing as well. Um, so I think it's going to be an interesting one. So. Stay tuned. Um, those of you that are tuned into the Insta Live, thank you very much. Uh, stay with us and I hope you guys uh, enjoy the episode. Okay, cool. So I think the best place for us to start off, Julia, mm-hmm. is take us all the way back. So as far back as you can remember, what's like your your very first memory of, of football for you? Like, What was the, was there a particular moment that you realized that you'd fallen in love with the game? When did you start playing? What was like your earliest memory of football?
5: Um, I think it was like, I don't know, the first steps I made on the pitch. Like I have an older brother as well. My dad is really into football. Even Mm. my mom was or is. So I think it's just, I just grew into this naturally. Like it's, it's a common question for, I think, women or girls. Like how did you start football? Because. Don't know, it's maybe still not at the point where it's just normal for a girl to play football. Mm-hmm. So I get asked this question a lot like, how did you even start and why? And why is it football and not something else? But mm-hmm. I just don't know. Uh, I can always remember me really enjoying playing football since right. when I can, don't know, yeah. think or started thinking. So I always had a ball with me, yeah, even in yeah. school. Like, I think I quite had the same past or history, like, like every other boy or professional footballer yeah, like male yeah, yeah. footballer had so I think it's just the same story I could tell like every boy could tell yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's still something special because I, I am a girl or was a little girl back back then and mm-hmm. still love to play football but yeah. I don't know I think in this like when I played with maybe three four or five years old I just enjoyed kicking a ball ah, and yeah. I don't know it wasn't even about Oh, she's a girl, she shouldn't kick a ball, she should do something else. Mm-hmm. Because I think at this age, you just do what you like, right? Yeah, So of you course. don't even think about if this is more for boys or this is more for girls. But obviously, at one point you realize, Oh, I'm always surrounded by boys when I yeah. play football. Yeah, yeah. Maybe something special that I'm a girl playing football, but... Uh. I think that that was always a challenge and I like this challenge to show them I, I also can kick a ball. Yeah. yeah know, I, I always course. liked this, like showing them. You had that competitive yes, like, yes. nature. From, I always uh, um, preferred playing with boys as well than with girls. Uh, so yeah. until I was 16, I just played with boys and boys teams.
2: Mm-hmm.
5: It's quite unusual over here, I think. But in Germany, this is what they also start like implementing the, in their girls' heads that they should play as long as possible in boys teams. Because it's just more challenging and more competitive. competitive, Whereas when they play with, when they're outstanding talents or something and they play with their, with girls in their same age, they, it's easy for girls to play (laughs) against girls or easier. Whereas with boys, it's an everyday challenge, an everyday battle. And it's, it's physical, more physical. It's more about winning against boys. It's just, don't know, boys are also a little bit embarrassed when a, when a girl is, don't know, doing Do a just
1: Because what I was going to yeah. ask you, right? Have yeah. there been times where like guys are playing and you come and you're like, oh yeah, I want to play as well. And then they look at you and always. Like, oh, always. No, you can't play, you really? can't play. And then you're like, okay, always. okay I'm going to show you something. And it was
5: yeah. always a moment. I always, I was so aware of this moment, even when I was eight years old or something, when I finally got a pass because they tried to not pass to me always. Uh. I played with older boys as well. And then I always started to, I uh, tried to start good. Like, don't know, do a good dribbling or make a good pass or something. And as soon as they realized I can play, yeah, like there was a second or like a little minute or something when everyone was like, oh, she can play football. Yeah. Like, let's involve her in the game a little bit uh, more. Yeah, and so you had to I earn your it. respect. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. But that was quite easy because even when you could, don't know, play quite okay as a girl, they already were like, wow, she can play. But don't know, I, I think I could compete with boys of my age. Mm. So it was, don't know, I, I like this just, yeah, showing them that I can play football, yeah. Aha. So
4: growing up, who were your like football heroes as well? Which players did you see and think, oh, I like him or I like her?
5: Um, Not hurt to be honest, mm. because at this time, like that was maybe 20, 25 years ago, mm-hmm. there wasn't a lot of women's football shown in TV mm-hmm. or yeah. there was mm. not internet as well. Yeah. So it was just don't know my idols were all male footballers so okay. there was the real Ronaldo the uh, Brazilian nine, one. There, nine, was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was Zinedine Zidane yeah. and yeah. I like, don't know there was like, Iniesta, Xavi
1: yeah. uh, And Did did you you, like try to like mold your game to play like them? Like, did you like see some of the skills that they did or things that they did and think, okay, I want to try and play like this as well?
5: I I love Rosicki. Do you know Rosicki? Yeah, Mozart. Yeah, he was one of my favorite players. Yeah, Yeah. he he played for Dortmund at this time and then I think he went to Arsenal. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, he was a number 10 and I always used to be a number 10 as well. So the way he played, I always wanted to play exactly the same he played. Yeah,
1: yeah. 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 That's a, that's a very good one. I like, yeah, I like that you. one. Like, definitely. I, 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 I carry kind of a special that. heart. Uh, I face my out. Budge is a resistance. big Arsenal player. Yeah. 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 So, with, you know, your, um, uh, sort of process through, uh, uh, playing football from, from young. So, I, I take it your, your family were always very supportive of you, right? Um, and you said you mentioned that you have a, uh, an older brother mm-hmm. does he play football as well
5: yeah he used to play not anymore but he used to play so uh, uh, professionally as well no or was not he, professional uh, okay, yeah. uh, he was good though like mm-hmm. he was it was good to play against him at one point you can't play against boys anymore yeah, so yeah, when yeah, I was 16, 16 I realized maybe. it doesn't make sense yeah. because when you get the ball you don't have a chance in that one we one because yeah, they just the physical, even when, that's you, when, yeah, when you're yeah, gone yeah. they make it back because it's yeah, just faster yeah, yeah, and yeah. more mm-hmm. physical so but it was always good for me to have an older brother because it was mm-hmm. just like when like when no, none of his friends had time, he used to take me to football. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, So yeah. I was a little bit like still the younger sibling, mm-hmm. but I could play. So he accepted at one point, he can take me with his friends uh, to football. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it was yeah. always a bad, like I always had to back him, please take me with you. So yeah, yeah. I think this really helped. I love to play against boys and older boys as well. Like yeah. when he took me with him, I was so, yeah, I was don't know that was the best best thing to do always yeah yeah.
1: i think that definitely would have helped you in terms of your development as well because because like you said it's like so competitive it's it's physical and stuff so when you then play against other females it's like you've already got like a a bit of a head start because you've had that more competitive uh you know game time and stuff right
5: I, i even remember when i had to train like the first time with a women's team like my dad still believes i did it on purpose but i forgot my football boots Mm. Uh, on the way there, like I was almost crying. I was maybe 11 or 12 or something. Mm. And I just didn't want to go to this training session uh. because it was, sh- it was with 16, 17, 18 year old girls or so mm-hmm. almost women. And I was, I said was like maybe 11. And I, mm. at this time, I don't know, women's football back then was not good, mm-hmm. really not at yeah, this yeah. level. So it was, it was even hard to find some women's team around my area okay, that I yeah. could play with. So mm. I didn't even have this option to to really play with girls which Mm -hmm. are like even more so i had to play with boys but Mm -hmm. yeah it was always like yeah what you said like i always saw it from this perspective as well as the longer i play with boys the better i become as a football player even back then yeah
1: and and like along the the journey as well like did did you find there was ever any like obstacles that you had to overcome like what, you know, I know you. You said that your family were always very receptive mm-hmm. and like willing to to encourage you to play. Mm-hmm. But like as you were getting older and stuff, like were you know were people generally open and and welcoming for you to to play, or were like there difficult moments, you know, uh, and uh, things that made it more more difficult for you to play the game? Essentially,
5: Um yeah, I, I was lucky. What you say? My parents used to drive me to my training sessions, mm-hmm. and my my dad at one point he accepted it really much and became my biggest fan and supporter ah, but I, nice. I found out like later that he said no nah, she shouldn't play football she get like weird legs when ah, <laughs> she plays football yeah, but this yeah, point, yeah. I found out when I was 20 or something <laughs> but then like maybe when I was 10 11 and he really saw like I'm into this and yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to make it professional mm-hmm. however this worked because at this time you couldn't be a professional female footballer but mm-hmm. I still wanted to yeah be a millionaire once <laughs> <laughs> just with football even when this was yeah not possible. Mm-hmm. But no, they were really supportive. And of course, like that was maybe, yeah, the, the luckiest thing to have as well. Mm. Some people in your background that support you because of obviously, course. yes, it wasn't normal. And I had some like, don't know, struggling as well from, not from me want to play football, more from outside, like that other like fathers or parents mm-hmm. from other boys would mm-hmm. say, why is she playing there? And why is, mm. why is my boy not playing? Mm-hmm. Something like this. And don't know, at the end of the day, I had to... Be better sometimes as the boys yeah, just to yeah, yeah, yeah. prove everyone that I earned my place yes, in this exactly. team. exactly.
1: It's not like yes. it's someone just giving me a, yeah. a, I, For example, I tried to
5: also to play for like some pro- professional football teams like there's, it's called Gräuter Fürth or 1. FC Nürnberg, they mm-hmm. first and yeah. second yeah, league yeah, in Germany. I've heard of them. Yeah, yeah. And they wouldn't take a girl in their youth academies. Immer, like we played against them and we won and we like it was quite the level I, mm. I played with or it, and then they j- didn't want to take a girl in their teens because they said, now because we could, like she's taking a place for a boy, you know, they could wow. maybe make it professional. So it's not like in my face, but uh, there were some decisions made when yeah. I could see, uh, not everyone is so much yeah, yeah, pro yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: me. And so it's like
1: discrimination
4: basically.
5: A little bit, but at, at the same point, like you understand it, like why would West Ham... The West Ham Academy sign a female player at the Boys, ac- boys Academy because she mm. they she's taken a place for a boy who could possibly make it one as a mm. professional footballer. Yeah. Like from this perspective you can understand it, but still like why would you not support a girl who's mm. at the level mm. as the yeah, boys no. and don't know, give her a place in your team? But that was dunno, it was a lot of battles like during yeah. the during the the days and like obviously what we said before like they always had their prejudices i always had to show them but i think don't know i know a lot of girls now they refuse playing with boys they just don't want it and like i can't really understand it because i used to love playing with boys and and don't know compete at the level but there are a lot of girls they just want to play with girls and don't want to be don't know
1: yeah, too I mean, much in
5: this competition and everything. I think that's
1: it's it. The mentality is yes, like, yeah, You have to different. have. You
5: need to have this mentality mm-hmm. if you want to make it one day. Because I I know a lot of footballers, like female footballers, who went through the same stuff. I went through like playing with boys until you can't play with them anymore, mm-hmm. and then the jump from like the youth to the senior level is not that big yes. as when you come from a weaker girls' mm-hmm. team and trying to make it to the Bundesliga or WSL or professional yeah, and yeah, yeah. so I think that it helps when you are already competing at a high level yeah of course 100% yeah.
4: so when did your first big breakthrough come how did that happen um, when you thought wow I can make it professional now
5: Um, I don't know it was maybe don't know it, when I was 15 like the manager or coach from Bayern Munich called me mm. at this time I still played with boys and I had some games already with the under 50 national team and I knew like where I was at this level, you know, like mm. I, I, I'm quite good in my age group and played with some girls now at my age group as well, with the under 15 girls and everything. So I just waited, to be honest, for this call to come at one point because mm. then one year one year later, I uh, played for Bayern Munich yeah. with yeah. 16 in the first team.
1: And you scored in your debut.
5: Yeah, well, I scored like, in my debut wow, as well. Wow. And I, then I thought like, yeah, nothing can stop me now. Mm, so yeah. I'm just running through, through, through to the national team. A national team, so that was, for me, it was crystal clear my career was um, made with this call and my signing for Bayern Munich, yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. I find it quite impressive, especially your your goal-scoring record, because you're a midfielder, right? Mm -hmm. So to score, you've got like a, in the time that you were in Germany, it's like a one in four ratio. Like, he's yeah. called one. I didn't notice, midf- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's Pretty impressive for, for a mid- like, like mm. we said, for a midfielder. Yeah. So how would you describe yourself as a player? Are you a box to box midfielder? Um, attacking
4: midfielder? I
5: would say people here would say we don't have this description so much okay. in Germany. Okay, I would okay, say okay. I'm a offensive midfielder, like a number eight. Mm. They would maybe say you're a box to box player over okay. here. Okay. 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 So
3: in Germany, what's the roles in terms of a center midfielder? What do they call them? Yeah so for example in spain
5: you know they have
1: regista they have this, <laughs> this,
5: yeah. yeah something so, like this i would uh, call it like, okay. like this yeah mm. we would say like playmaker uh, you okay. say this Make as well play. right yeah, yeah. yeah yes i would yeah, time, i would uh, like,
3: what would we call a playmaker a number eight or i a think it's changed
5: a little bit yeah, i think, think it was 10? a number 10 before number 10. Mm. like maybe five ten years ago it was the number 10 the playmaker but i think now it's the number eight yeah because the number six is more like You need one defensive midfielder. Like a Fabinho
4: in Liverpool. Yes, exactly. And then you need
5: the number eight who's getting a lot of balls. Even the center backs have so many touches now, right? I think the game changed a little bit. So even goalkeeper need to be able to play football because they have the most touches sometimes, especially in Germany. They play so much on possession where he is a little bit more direct the game towards the goal. Same like Premier League or WSL and the men and in the women's game, I think it's quite similar. Yeah. When you compare it like from the way to play or from the philosophy to play. Yeah. So
3: what what are the major differences between how you played in Germany and how you play over here? Is it like a drastic adaptation or is similar?
5: Uh uh-uh, uh it's different. Like it's different, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what men would say when they played in the German Bundesliga and come over here. But yeah. I think like when you compare it it's more like in Germany you play more back to the goalkeeper, back to the centre backs, they wanna Change or switch the sides Mm, all the time and mm. keep the possession. Whereas here it's just being a little more brave and more direct direct towards the goal. And I kind of like this because sometimes you lose like balls you shouldn't lose Mm. like directly into the pressing zones from Mm. the opponent. But I like this because sometimes don't know you win a game five four. And I love this open game all the time Uh, that you just not try to defend. Yes, yes. (laughs) So this is why I'm a box to box player because Ah, it's like this and this and this and this. this. But I like this because it's for an offensive player. You have so many, so much freedom on the pitch. Even our coach, he just say like express yourself mm. once he even said to me like i don't even know if i can say this but <laughs> it's just up, it's just up but he said like we both know you can't defend so <laughs> just on do it it seems like so what no, just on do it the way yeah, he seems like mat yeah. beard? <laughs> beard yeah, yeah, yeah
1: and i laughed
5: at, like, yeah, since yeah, then he, he won my heart and i said yes going
1: on. <laughs> so in germany
4: it's much more build up much yeah. more you have to think about your game whereas in england you just like more direct
5: yeah you you do what you see a little bit here, you yeah. know? Whereas in Germany it's like this pass is forbidden and you can't pass there because yeah. it's their pressing zone and when mm. we lose the ball here, like there's a red zone, so try to skip this zone mm. which makes sense. But I like that even when you see something on the pitch, like it shouldn't be like, Oh shit, what did we say in this yeah, meeting? I can't yeah, yeah, yeah. like just do it, yeah, you know, just yeah, yeah. play like Natural, you feel. Should, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think this should be dunno in every footballer's head on the pitch, mm. like a little bit like this, give them player the freedom. He needs or she needs to express herself, you yeah, know, and yeah. then I don't, then you can also, I think, reach your maximum. Yeah. As when you course. play with, like, I don't know, a little bit of um, pressure and, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Scared to make mistakes, something. Yeah. Mm. So, and I, I like this is why I would say Matt Beard is one of my best coaches. And okay. From this perspective, because he's just so, like, from a player's pers- perspective, you love to have him as a coach because yeah. he gives you so much encouragement, Confidence yeah. confidence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in well,
4: Germany were the managers much more standoffish, would you say they're much more they give you pieces of information, whereas in England it's much more of a man management style hugs and you know, yeah, make yeah, you feel welcome.
5: Yes, this is really like one of the biggest differences I would say because mm. sometimes when you come to work uh, it's like he sees and Germany you would always give the hand like really straight and mm. look them in the eyes and say, Good morning, whereas he is like yeah. from 20 meter met already screams like hey darling how are you Uh, and then you walk into his open arms and he gives you a hug and a kiss on your cheek or something like this and I was so shocked in the like the first week or something I called my mom said hey my coach just kissed me (laughs) (laughs) and then the other day I said like he just said he loves me so for us we would never say I love you to you
4: so it's like like a culture shock
5: yeah, Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah like I think this comes with the language because people used to say here all the time hey I love you so much mm. like to friends just friends or even people you don't know so long yeah, in Germany yeah, yeah. you would never say this you say this to your partner maybe yeah yeah, yeah. don't know and to your parents but that that's it you know <laughs> but, whereas here yeah. I, I love maybe a <laughs> hundred people yeah. now <laughs> on a
1: whole like in Germany you have this reputation as like I know. <laughs> everything is just efficiency like yes. you don't do more than what you need to do it's like yeah. you know it's just yeah
5: I know. So. even like I don't know we have such a bad image like Omid and I we sometimes <laughs> joke about he he oh, always say like she's quite funny for a german but okay. even like, I, I, I listened to an advert the other day when it said it's a car Edward and it says like don't know the people uh, the person sitting in the car says to his car like don't know it's odie i think tell me a joke and the um <laughs> the car responds i can't tell you a joke i'm a german car okay, and it's yeah, like yeah, we, yeah. Have, we have this bad image of not being funny of really being strict and disciplined yeah, and yeah. i come late all the time and don't know people wonder sometimes that i'm german because, I don't know, I think it's just, we not yeah, that bad, you know?
3: <laughs> it's true. Because yeah, yeah, people like Jürgen Klopp. Yeah, look
5: yes. He's look got at the him, perfect yes.
3: balance between <laughs> yeah. being yes. strict and being funny. Yeah. So, when you see people like Jürgen Klopp in the mm-hmm. modern game today, does he come across as, you know, a different type of German?
5: Maybe, first of all, I love the way you say Jürgen. <laughs> That's
2: really <laughs> nice. <laughs> no. am, I, am, I, am I saying
3: it? Really?
5: <laughs> no, you say it really good. I understand you. Um, I would say, yeah, some people say he doesn't act like a typical German because he's so outgoing. Mm. And most of the times he has a positive mm. face and yeah. it's really yeah. g- gives the um, impression that he he's really open and just a positive guy. And I mm. think some of the don't know, impressions you get of some Germans are really strict and serious. Mm. But that's maybe part of some Germans or maybe a little bit in our DNA, but we can also be a little bit funnier. Mm. (laughs) But I love him as a coach. Yeah, Yeah, very good coach. We're Liverpool fans as well. So we love him dearly. Also the way he, don't know, let his team play football and his philosophy. I think you can read, even back in Dortmund when he, Mm -hmm. like the way Dortmund played was outstanding and the same now with um, Liverpool, I think, yeah.
1: Fair play. And growing up, what was your team? Who was your 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 favorite team? Um, Who did you I grew up, up in
5: Nuremberg, so it was always Nuremberg okay. because my dad and my brother loved them. But <laughs> I lo- at this time back then, I loved Arsenal. Really, I was a supporter with Thierry Henry yeah, and yeah, yeah. at one yeah, time, yeah, 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 and yeah. like they had really good players. I love to watch them. And yeah, I think like I always Bayern, obviously as well. Bayern Munich. Mm, they are mm. one of the best. Teams in Germany and yeah. the only team who can possibly win the Champions League as well, so automatically are uh, don't know supported Bayern. Uh, yeah.
1: Okay. So, uh, interesting. Okay. So we're just going to pause on on on, on Julia and your career yes. for now. We're going to bring in uh, uh, Omid. Omid.
2: Is that happy the way you say his name? Omid. <laughs>
1: okay. So what we want to. What we want to do, um, Omid, is basically just have a bit of a, um, like, a a brief into, you know, what you do on a day-to-day basis. Um, So for people who aren't familiar with the role of a a, 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 um, a registered intermediary uh, for the FA, um, what does a normal day for you consist of? Um, Is there such thing? as a normal day for you
6: no I think every day is completely different mm. which is why I love the job mm-hmm. so much um, you're sort of working seven days a week but you're sort of steady all the time mm. so some days are busier than others obviously your weekends are taken up by games mm-hmm. um, you're at a game then obviously midweek you're at games mm. international break you, it's sort of your half term as it were <laughs> oh, you get a bit time because there's not as many games um, but it can it can really vary so you sometimes um Especially in the mornings, on a Monday morning, the calls will normally start at maybe eight o'clock because okay. abroad, um, the markets we deal with yeah, a lot. Yeah, so yeah. when you're dealing with Europe, it's usually, you know, they hour ahead. So yeah, yeah. you're starting early from there and there'll be the common things coming through. But you usually find that when you get into a window is when you're the busiest yeah. and there's a lot of movement and you start taking on other jobs that weren't yours before. Mm. So, and everyone's sort of working with each other on separate tasks and it gets really busy, but on an all week to week, it's quite steady and you'll have your own sort of targets of what you're doing. You've got your group of players that you're looking after and you don't need to speak to them every day, but there's certain things with some players you do more than others. Mm. Um, It can really vary, but a lot of it is a lot of traveling. Um, That's actually what I was going to ask you next, you
1: know, with, yeah, yeah. A lot of
6: networking. That's that's Mm. the main thing. And most of our work is you're, Go, like for example, going to a game, you're not going to the game to watch the game. You're watching the game, mm-hmm. but you're there for you're sat with scouts, you're sat with agents, you're sat with directors of clubs, mm-hmm. the heads of recruitment, mm-hmm. who are also called technical directors. Mm-hmm. They're also called head. They're also called head scouts. Yep. Sporting director. Directive. That's that's all the same role mm-hmm. at every club, and they're mm-hmm. the people that deal with the transfers. It's not necessarily always the manager, right? Okay. So you're meeting these people, finding out what they need, what what kind of style a player they're looking for for the next window, mm. what players maybe le- they want want to leave. So maybe one of your players can slot into their place. Uh, it's just transfer of information all the time. Okay. So you're at games just networking. Um, if your player's playing, you're obviously there to support them. And mm. then you've got something to talk about afterwards because sometimes you need to pull the game apart with your client. Mm. So it's good for you to watch that. Um, and so there's other players you're, you're looking at. You're constantly looking at, you know, what other players are out there that might fill in the gap that we don't have. Mm -hmm. Um, With us, the way we work at um, SME, the agency I'm with, is we don't want too many players in the same position. We want to have, we're a boutique agency. agency. okay? So we just want maybe one goalkeeper, one winger, Mm -hmm. one central midfielder. So Mm -hmm. you can really support them and them Mm -hmm. only and have their back the whole way. So if you're looking, if a club are looking for a number 10, you've got to pick between two. You've got one st- strong number 10 for this, for the championship or yep. pushing towards the Premier League or wherever and you can then fight for them till the end. Yeah. with Just with them. It so, you're say at the moment um, we don't have a centre-back. So, now at games I'm watching centre-backs. Who's mm. young? Who's making the cut? Mm. Who would mm. I like? What style do I like? And who, who would I want to mm. represent? So, that's what you're doing. If you okay. want to watch a game you can watch it on networks such as Scout or Insta, which mm-hmm. are our platforms that we use to watch so it's that's mainly it so it's a lot of traveling around um mm-hmm. i'll try and follow our players as much as i can to their yeah, games yeah. home and away so you find you're you're going to a lot of games and traveling all day on a saturday morning getting up early going to that can yeah. coming back and then sunday now i'm involved with women's football through julia so mm-hmm. because of that now on a sunday when their games are played you're mm-hmm. then off to other games somewhere yeah, and
1: yeah. In terms of travelling, right, is there a place that you've travelled to that you can say you would have never, like, gone of your own accord that you've been able to because of football? Does that make sense? Um, like, yes. a random place that you you would have never imagined yourself going to, but you, you have because of Yeah, because of I the think football? there are a few
6: towns that, you would, you would yeah. only ever go there because of yeah. the football yeah. club yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't want to upset any of you, you. <laughs> Sorry, I won't say that but you'd never there's nothing there yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there are a lot I remember um, it was yeah this time two years ago I actually I drove to Austria I do a lot of work out in Austria right. and I drove there I stayed there for six weeks came back and on the way back I stopped off in Frankfurt and I went to watch Mainz versus Dortmund right and I would I would never yeah, just yeah, go yeah, there, cool. yeah, so that's yeah, exactly. that's another stadium yeah, yeah, I've yeah. ticked off my list, just because yeah. I was yeah, staying yeah, overnight yeah. for two nights to meet another player the following day, but it happened to be a game, and so all I right. went there. And it was a, the stadium was wicked. The game was good. Dortmund were playing, you know, Aubameyang was wow. still there? Yeah, uh, he was. Yeah, I think he played in that yeah, game. So, yeah. it was, and it was all the, at the time there was talk of him moving. So it was really good, and you get an insight into what their league football is like in a week. So you mm-hmm. go see and you see who's. Arriving, you know, is it a full stadium? Some countries they don't. Mm. It's not like the UK. Some countries they maybe have four thousand people at top flight football, and even at Europa League, I've been to Europa League games in Salzburg, and it was Red Bull Salzburg versus Marseille patrice ever was playing in that game mm, okay. and was this a couple of years ago yeah yeah when two the got
4: to the semis maybe or- yeah it was yeah that's yeah, yeah
6: good knowledge and um <laughs> yeah. that was and the stadium wasn't even full and that's crazy like if that was, hit, was it, that yeah yeah it, we sold out yeah, a game course, like that 100%. you know that level it, and so you get the idea of you know oh there's, there's reasons behind that mm. and but it's you get a good insight it's good aren't you? it's 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 fun
4: yeah so how, how would you describe yourself as an agent? A lot of agents get a bad rap as money grabbers, not looking after the welfare of their players. For you as an agent, what's your priority for your client? Yeah,
6: um, we're like Millwall fans. No one likes us. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but you do care. Yeah. Uh, um, no, yeah, I think there's a, lot of, there's a lot of bad press around it. And I think it's because of stories that have happened. But I think it's been seen the wrong way. A few things can be in a situation where an agent has done something for their player because it's been to help them get a better deal somewhere and it's not even really right for the club. Mm-hmm. So it might've stitched the club up maybe no. by doing a certain thing. Certain ways. That's why people do it. But at the end of the day, the, your job should be to maximize their career potential mm-hmm. and sort of have their back and know what's best for them business wise and and fight for them. I think a lot of clubs know this and, I did a transfer in the summer, where we were trying to get the player out of a club. They wanted him to go. We wanted him to go to a, to another club, mm-hmm. and we're trying to get the best deal for him. And mm-hmm. he wasn't necessarily on big money. Mm-hmm. And in that situation, the club can sort of get a bit annoyed of how you're negotiating. But at the end of the day, they they at the end you can shake hands at the end of the deal and understand that you were doing the best for them. So Mm -hmm. you are fighting for them because they only get one career and their career is very, very short. And a lot of them, all they've done is football Mm -hmm. from school. Mm -hmm. So some of them have maybe, they've been so committed and dedicated because to get to that level, you've got to be dedicated and committed. You've got to live and breathe it. Otherwise, you'll not make it as a pro. So therefore, you've had to sacrifice maybe education, maybe other skills that you could have had that other people Went to university, maybe they can pick up other, you know, a range of Mm. skills. So they've got to make the most out of the 10 15 years they've got as being a pro footballer. So if you've not got someone that is trying to get the best deal for them, business is business. You know, Mm. a club are going to want to pay the least they can for a top player. Yeah, so you've got to be fair at the same time, but at the same time, you've got to keep the club happy at the same time because you've then got to work with them again another time if Mm. you want to bring another player. So I think there is a lot of bad press around it, but it could be from that side. Mm-hmm. But I think the game's changing a bit now and um, people are trying to move away from that. Yeah. With us, it's all about the player, what's best for the player. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, like anything in life, if you do the correct thing, the rewards will come afterwards and yeah, you have not got to worry about that.
4: So in terms but, of agency as well, is it just to do with a playing career or do you offer like an aftercare service as well? So when a player retires, they can still bank on you or is it sort of like you've had your career we're finished with you mm. kind of thing. How, how does it work?
3: Yeah, I just want to um, butcher us on Dej's question. Like, for example, there's some players that we see, they finish their career and then three years later, they go bankrupt. Their agent leaves them and then they're, they're bankrupt, they're in depression. Yeah. Yeah. So just as Dej asks, I just want to ask also, is that something that with time we're going to see improve where players continue to have their agent after their career?
6: Yeah, no, I think so. I think... Um... Yeah, the stat of people, that go, of the players that go bankrupt is high. I think within five years, it's it's over. It's nearly 70%, I think, yeah, go bankrupt. Yeah. One and in that,
1: four, I think. I saw, saw, read something at some point recently that was saying something like that. It's crazy. Like Yeah. It's a, it's,
6: yeah. I think most of that is from, it can be through divorce a lot of the time, through mm. big payouts. Yeah, um, um, it can be through when you're young and you've suddenly had, you're suddenly earning big money and it can happen very, very quick. Mm. Like you see all the time, you have a player maybe earning a thousand a week can have six months of good football and suddenly he's gone to the premier league and he's earning 40 a week grow mm. a thousand and it's you know you live a certain lifestyle at that point and you can't sustain it afterwards mm. and whatever people say oh footballs make big money yeah they do but if you then spread that from the age of 35 to the day they die mm. say they live to 100 mm-hmm. that's 65 years and with inflation everything's becoming more expensive that's going to last them their whole life mm-hmm. and with not having another career you have to look after these things and you see a lot of people going into tv but not everyone can go into tv a lot of people might go into radio something entertainment based or they might open a business but not everyone can do this so you've got to make the most out of what you've done and the way we've um started out is um the head of our business was a wealth manager and he was looking after the wealth of a lot of players whose agents weren't doing that some mm-hmm. agents will were just doing the transfers and you get some that are just a broker they're just there they don't want to look after the player mm-hmm. where do you want to move Premier League okay I'll do that for you and that is all I'm doing and mm-hmm. that, fair play that's what that's where their strengths are yeah. let them do it we're a 360 agency so we'll cover everything so from when you're very young the way we look at it we will like to take care of you till the end of your career
2: mm-hmm.
6: build that trust and for me <clears throat> so from excuse me from from footballing side I'm interested in talking to clubs doing that side mm-hmm. the head of our agency the wealth ma- manager side he's interested in you when you're not earning
2: mm, that's a big money
6: so for him when you're coming to the end of your career it's like right what can we where can you put your money that is going to keep you earning and making it Go far for you yeah. and and make your money work. And so it's you that property, makes, that
1: makes property, makes it perfect for exactly. that, That's what he's been doing. You
6: know, for his career. Yeah, yeah. So, so that
4: property and stuff. yeah, property yeah, and, and, and could
6: be, investments. Yeah, going in with other groups of other people to opening other businesses mm. and mm. um and it's just maximizing your career potential that way after football.
5: But can I say something to this, for yeah. example, from a player's perspective? Mm. Like Omer and I, we sometimes speak about this as well. Like. What is the responsibility of a agent really? Mm -hmm. Is it just like moving him from one club to the next club Mm -hmm. or her? Or is it also like, for example, we girls or female footballers, because we have to do, we build something while we're playing football. Mm -hmm. Like most of the girls like do studies or get other educations Mm -hmm. or at least finish their schools properly Mm -hmm. that they, because they know at one point they have to go back to a, normal work in life yeah. for yeah, the rest yeah, of yeah. their lives like for yeah. 40 50 more years maybe yeah. whereas I think men are a little bit like everyone's telling them like you just have to focus on football and stuff like this but no one's really p- preparing them for mm. afterlife like even if they made a lot of money but don't have in a don't know reason to live anymore I think mm. it's from a from a mental perspective it's quite hard even even if you don't get become bankrupt or something like this I think you still need a reason to wake up every day and don't know do something right yeah, yeah. and i think this is a thing like in men's football agency can improve a lot and i mm-hmm. think this is what they might do already with um omit and sme but like prepare players or men or young men for for their next step yeah, yeah, in yeah, life or next career maybe because you can't just say i finished football I uh, my life is done, yeah, and so I so just I've live on my money. Because so, so, so. I think even
1: recently wasn't is it Lucien uh, Reichart? She yeah. like she yes. was playing for your team, and then yeah. she decided to retire and then yes. pursue a career in psychology.
3: Yes,
5: is it? yes. Oh, so got a PhD. PhD. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah.
3: Yes. Yeah, I wanted to ask. Like, there's, you know, a criticism that's labelled that um, footballers, like in terms of men footballers, when they're not focusing on, on their yeah. football. Mm-hmm. Um, they're doing too much off the pitch. Yeah. Is that something that's encouraged in the women's game to do things mm-hmm. outside of yeah. football? And what's your take on that?
5: Th- that's a good point actually, because I think that's the balance you have to have as a man footballer, because if you do too much apart from football, it can be seen as, oh, high, no. you know, and then you have a bad game, and yeah. everyone's like, Jesse yeah, Lingard. you?"
1: Lingard, yes. he, he launches overline. Graham Cunis absolutely yeah. standing
2: yes. yes.
5: for it, <laughs> he? But I think that should be encouraged because at least they all, or at the end of the day, they are all like human beings. Like mm. they, they need to have, and I think it's healthy to have something else apart next to football mm-hmm. in your life when you have a not a plan B but a like second leg to stand on mm. because if one leg is for example, injured or you can't play for a while or, don't know, you don't play because you're not bringing or performing well. And to have something else to live from and to mm. be motivated and mm. stuff like this, waking up and do actually something, I think this is just healthy. like mm. Without losing the focus, I 100% get it. And in Germany, they all say, yeah, man, can't do anything next to football. Okay. It might be seen the same way here. Yeah. <laughs> but I think you can because you have so many, I know so many players I have a really good, friend playing for cologne in germany and he's studying business now and he already has some um companies he's working with and i think you it's healthy to tr- train your brain a little yeah, bit as course. well yeah, yeah, yeah. and it doesn't mean to you lose the focus i think mm. it's actually like maybe bringing the focus a little bit back mm. when you find a good balance
4: balance mm, yeah. because mm, that's sides. what happens to a lot of footballers they form their identity that yeah. i'm so and so the footballer and when that's taken yeah. from them They're like, they're no man's land. They don't know what to do with themselves. So once you've got other things that
1: are going for you as well, you feel more comfortable transitioning yeah. from the life of being a footballer.
2: What well, yeah. I, I find like really
1: interesting, uh, Julia, is that whilst, whilst we're talking about, you know, the whole the whole balancing thing, um, there was a really, really interest, interesting point that you made about, like, uh, salaries uh, mm-hmm. for women in football. And and you were speaking about the fact that there was a lot of people that play back home in, in Germany mm-hmm. who have to balance playing full-time with a job on the side basically because the the salary isn't enough to mm-hmm. to, to, to live from yeah. so that like how how, how 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 do you balance that kind of dynamic like working a full-time job and 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 playing football at the same time how, how does that work
5: mm, i think it's just women who can do this right no i think it's what i said before if you find a good balance and um like obviously it's hard like it yeah. makes life a little bit harder like mm-hmm. especially your football life makes it yeah, harder when course. you know you have to do something on site I'm in this lucky position that I I always did something on site or mm-hmm. next to football but I didn't have to but I still did it because I always thought it's healthy yeah you but, just
2: want to keep your mind yes, engaged too. but also
5: like with these girls like for them it was most of them were still happy having this life because they could train twice a day and between them two sessions they didn't go to see a physio or didn't go back home and sleep they went for four five six hours to their job and went back to training for the second session at Crazy. maybe, don't know, early evening or yeah. something. But oh when you see them, it still works out. Like they still can perform. So I think, don't know, with football, maybe, don't know, when you come from another sport, you sometimes laugh about footballers and mm. footballers lie because they earn so much money for quite less work when you compare yeah, it to yeah, other yeah, sports, yeah. right? Other sports like swimmer or something, they train seven, eight hours a day, whereas footballers, they sometimes complain already when they train two or three hours a day yeah, yeah, yeah. and they have heavy legs and they need <laughs> the recovery and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But I think your body could do a lot more, could, mm. um, yeah, you get a lot more out of your body if you realize yeah. like what you actually can can do or how much you can perform. And I think it's just, don't know, in this sport where so much focus from us from the media side is on you, you can't do, do mistakes and mm. everything is seen and everything is like, transparent so Mm -hmm. i think it's just hard for them as well to do something apart from football because if you're not performing well
2: Mm. it got
5: seen the wrong way already so really fast so i think everyone should be a little bit more don't know seeing footballers also is like what, what i said before like humans they also have a second life after football yeah, be a yeah, bit yeah. more open minded and open-minded yes mm.
1: 100% ah and so have you already started thinking about what you could potentially do like in your like life after football i mean you 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 like i said already you've like d- uh, done loads of different things mm-hmm. you know you you i, I know you have like your um, your like a, a kind of like an academy that you like yeah, teach girls young girls. Yep. That, yep. So that you've got the camp. Um, you've done interviews and stuff like that. So you, I'm, I'm sure you could be uh, great for media. Yeah. Um, you know, done some modelling in the past as well. <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> Years
5: <you>. ago, <laughs> right podcast face. So,
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like just to yeah. um,
3: add on to Budge's question, do you see like a pathway after football in the industry? So, for example, we see a lot of men footballers retire and they become mm-hmm. pundits they go on you know talks for BBC mm-hmm. five Lives. do mm-hmm. you feel that that opportunity in the next few years is going to be for women as well basically
5: i really do see this it's um. obviously um yeah working in football even not even if you can't work there anymore as a professional or as a active football player it's nice that you actually can stay in your don't know in your environment because obviously I love football and Mm -hmm. I want to work in football and that's my main focus Mm -hmm. that I can stay and work for the next years in this um, football scene. Mm -hmm. And um, it's still hard to find something that motivates you the same or you feel the same like passion Passion. about Mm -hmm. something else Mm -hmm. than playing football. Even like when you don't know, sometimes we speak with the girls, something like could you imagine to be a coach or what you want to do something. It's always hard to really, when I have to pick, like what mm. you said, being a coach or being in media or do something else, it's mm. hard to really find one thing because I could imagine so much. So, yeah, and yeah. obviously I studied sports science and, but I don't want to work in a rehabilitation center mm. because I want to still be a part of this football scene. Mm. So I, I, yeah, my plan is obviously to, to stay in this environment and do something in football. Mm. If this is as a coach or maybe as a, an expert for TV or something like this. Uh, mm. I'm quite open minded in this in this yeah. p- uh, perspective. Yeah. So I could imagine a lot, but what it really is, uh, maybe i just work with you on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, we <yeah. laughs> <They> would <laughs> love to have <laughs> you yeah, After the
4: Women's World Cup, everyone spoke about it being like a watershed moment. Mm-hmm. So have you seen the differences in the approach to the women's game before the World Cup and after? Have you seen any massive, massive differences or...
5: Yeah, like obviously there's a the momentum always after this, after these big tournaments, mm-hmm. and then that normally it got get back to the uh, like quite
3: downward trajectory. Yes, yeah,
5: to was, the daily business, yeah. like no big stadiums anymore, not a lot uh, of media attendance, like not a lot of like people who watching games, mm-hmm. and this is normally what happens after every World Cup or mm-hmm. after the Euros or after Olympic Games, or whatever, um, and this. I hope this has changed now because there's a lot of going on with equal pay, like yeah, equal pay or like equality stuff mm-hmm. in the whole world. And mm-hmm. Australia just started now, announced now that they're paying their women's team the same amount of money like they pay the men's team. Mm-hmm. I think Finland, Finland, do you say mm-hmm. this? Yeah, and mm-hmm. um, do the same. Sweden does the same. The USA do the same. Like big big nations now jumping on this train as well and treating yeah. the, the girls quite the same or equal as the men. But I think it's, you will see this in the next months like if it's really worked out with this big World Cup. Obviously, there was never a World Cup. Even Omid was inspired after this World Cup and <laughs> yeah. watched finally some women games. Yeah. And I think a lot of people now turning into this women game, I mm. know a, lo- a lot of like male football agents, mm. they want to work now in the female mm. game as well or in the women's game mm. as well. And I think from this side, a lot of people are really interested and inspired by this yeah, change of movements now in yeah. the women's game. But if they really stay in the game, this is going to be the interesting part of it. And if okay, they're willing to put a lot of effort in, in mm. this side of the game as well, will be interesting. But I hope something changes. Yes.
3: So what's the, you know, for the next Women's World Cup, what's the plan? For example, I heard that The aim is for every single nation to be professionals Mm -hmm. in the next World Cup. Mm -hmm. So long term, what is the plans for women's football?
5: That's a hard question. Mm. I think no one can really um, answer this Mm. question now Mm -hmm. because there are so many differences between countries where when you see some countries that are so far away from at least earning a little bit of money, you can't even speak of professional football and some countries like... England now with a professional league we don't even have a professional league in Germany what I said before and all mm-hmm. of girls who had to challenge their football life with their work life mm-hmm. whereas here everyone we have 12 teams in the league and all these 12 teams are professional work professional all the players the staff is professional whereas in so many other countries you have two or three mm-hmm. like professional teams and the rest is juggling a little bit with money and with Getting girls a job that they can play for them and finding someone who sponsors their flat or something like this to pay the rent. And it's, it's hard because you, that in Germany, for example, there are two or three really big game uh, teams like Borussia Dortmund. They don't even run a women's football wow. team. Wow. And I think this is, it's should really change. Surprising. Yes. Mm. It's one man, obviously, in this, um, club who, d- who don't want to be involved into football, women's football. And this is enough to decide we're not running a, f- women's team and I think but
4: yeah. it's, well, it's one so man did you because say you one imagine. man
5: yeah like that's someone you in a, a club of the stature of exactly. Borussia Dortmund would, <laughs> yes and yeah, Dortmund, yeah.
2: Would. <laughs>
4: and Dortmund yeah. seem to be a very inclusive club they yeah, speak yeah, about yeah. they condemn racism so yeah. why are they encouraging equality that's a bit yeah. I think
5: this is just a pressure from the society that should be there that mm. I don't know it, it can't be even like one or two men who say like we don't like women's football so we don't do this mm. it should be I think here is a You have to run a women's team when you play in the Premier League Mm -hmm. sort of rule. Mm -hmm. So they just do it. And if you do it, I think then you naturally, like, don't know... You want it to be good. You want it to be good, yes. Mm-hmm. If you do it, then do it properly. Like, Man United yeah, just yeah, started. Yeah, very yeah. yeah, recently, been, yeah. yeah. Being re- un- like, putting a lot of money, obviously, in the women's side as well. Mm-hmm. Like, they want to win the Champions League at one point. Mm-hmm. So, Tottenham Hotspur just started running a women's team or being in the WSL now. So, obviously, mm. when they do it, they want to do it properly, yeah, what I said. And yeah, yeah. then, don't know, there comes a little bit of image as well. And you don't want to be relegated. F- with your women's team so yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just if you yeah, have it then though. you want to do it properly so mm-hmm. I think this should be a rule and yeah it, it shouldn't be like this that you just don't or just refuse to not being involved in the in the whole thing yeah.
4: yeah so how is the West Ham set up I know Jack Sullivan I think David Sullivan's son mm-hmm. is the managing director of the women's team mm-hmm. how involved is he in the women's game
5: uh, he, he's, um, watching a lot of games. Mm-hmm. Um, I think
4: he's quite young as well.
5: Like yeah. now, Czech is there every, every game, okay. but his dad also like watches a lot of games. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. yeah, obviously we had a, also a BBC documentary last <laughs> this, uh, season. Yeah, yeah. Last, the,
1: yeah. The youngest football boss, yes, right? Yes. I, because it, I think that's a really, really interesting point as mm-hmm. well, because we we're talking about the coverage that the women's games getting and stuff like that. Yeah. And I mean, of course, the name of the documentary is like, it, it, it's, it suggests that it's, it's more about him, mm-hmm. but, but the actual mm. content, it's more about you guys. You know, you, you had we're a good. few interviews. <laughs> so, so is this also helping the, build the profile of, of, uh, of the women's game? Like, have you seen off the back of it? Because it, it did, you know, really, really well. Like, a lot of people were, were watching it. Yeah. Did you see, like, more people attending games and stuff off the back of it?
5: Um, I don't know if it really, um, brings people into the stadium, mm-hmm. but, just the knowledge about yeah, having yeah, West Ham yeah. United running a women's team now. Yeah, a lot yeah. of people didn't even know that we have a women's team until they've seen the documentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think, yeah, obviously having checked there as a really young guy and obviously that attracts already a lot of media. Mm-hmm. But we, we are always happy to have any kind of media or any sort of media yeah. around us. And whatever it is, it's good for us just mm-hmm. to be seen that something don't know is seen again from women's football as well as mm-hmm. well somewhere mm-hmm. it's just always good yeah attracting some sort of attention mm. but with this documentary yeah we were i think at one point everyone was a little bit like don't know they were there 24/7 the media team it they filmed literally much. everything yeah, you yeah. sometimes you sit in the back of the bus and all of a sudden there was a mic between like yeah the seats and you well, stop talking yeah, because yeah. it shouldn't be um heard <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but no yeah. but apart from this i was I after um opinion that it's such a good thing for us that this documentary yeah. really yeah existed and they do another one this season again yeah. i think chelsea is doing one now mm-hmm. and with netflix maybe okay. so wow. big thing and i think it's good to see to let people see how it's working because so many yeah. people have no idea about women's football yeah. are you professional can you live from this money how do you train do you train different mm-hmm. it's, it's I think it's the exact same yeah. life yeah. with a lot less money yes. in the game. Okay. Yes. so apart from this we do the same stuff the men do we train the same amount of hours mm. we tra- don't know we acting quite the same like mm-hmm. the men do mm-hmm. I think the same stories are going on behind yeah, the scenes yeah, and yeah. I think it's good to show people that it's a serious thing yeah, and women's football yeah, yeah. is, it's still improving and getting better mm-hmm. but already there's a lot to, yeah, speak so, about yeah, in And, and this is what yeah. I was,
3: um, like, during the World Cup I was saying it to Dej that, like, you women playing football, you truly love the game because
2: yeah. the you're not getting the same wages <laughs> yes.
3: as the men. Some men mm. just do it as a job mm-hmm. but you girls mm-hmm. really, really love football mm-hmm. but I want to ask a question and I want to throw it out to both of you. Mm-hmm. Um, the coverage of women's football is improving and you know there's been a lot of debate about we've seen with Granite Shaka, he's um suffered social media abuse and Omid for you as a as an agent you've got a client mm. um let's say a top-end client that's in poor form you see trolls online mm. How does that impact impact your player? Is that is this something that needs to stop? Is this something that you're gonna be worried about as the game continues to grow? Mm. It's gonna become more, you know, relevant for you. So how do you guys
6: feel that this could be addressed? So actually a couple of weeks ago, I've got a boy at Portsmouth and Portsmouth haven't been winning many games recently mm. and they haven't got form and the expectation's very high down there because they used to be in the Premier League for mm. so many years. They're not doing so well They've now. They've got
4: a new owner as well. I think. Yeah, <coughs> ex-owner of Disney. Disney. Yeah, yeah,
6: yeah. Mm-hmm. and they're they're going in slow to make infrastructure before they go forward, and they weren't winning many games, and the fans were getting on the back of mm-hmm. the players, and you could see it was it was causing issues. That, like the the lad I represent when he walked off, they cheered that he, he was being subbed. Okay, and how mm-hmm. how, how was so, that? How yeah, was of that? course you're going to be upset when that happens. Because you were the agent, or no, the, the player. And mm-hmm. You know, for you, it's it's not if it's you, it's not about you. You you've got to be there for your client and to make sure that he they don't fall at that moment because mm-hmm. at the end they footballers are humans and it doesn't matter how much money you're earning. It's about mm-hmm. what you are as a person. So it's irrelevant. So mm-hmm. like it's if imagine you go to work and you have a bad day. Everyone has bad days at work. Mm-hmm. And imagine you go home to your family and you have dinner. You can switch off. Mm-hmm. And then imagine you then turn your phone on. Or suddenly you get notifications on Twitter and someone's gone, You are crap at work, sorry, you are rubbish at work today.
2: Mm.
6: And you're you're thinking, Oh great, thanks. Yeah, and then just... and then you're not gonna want to go into work. Mm-hmm. Mm. And then another player at Portsmouth, the following week in an interview, he said, Um, please, can the fans get off our backs? Because and he was saying it in like a nice way, but he said At the moment, when we get the ball, it feels like a hot potato. None of us want the ball Mm because the moment we get the ball, we we feel feel someone's arm and we can't express ourselves. There's a cry for help. Yeah, Yeah. so it's playing look, in times like this, get behind us. And, you know, these players are human and it's going to affect you and it will Mm -hmm. affect your game if you're not mentally strong enough. And no one's superhuman to to get over that. So, how do you
3: think we, you know, how do we knit this in the bud as a society because this is an issue that's been going on for years you know players do a google search of their name oh you shit blah you shit this how do we yeah you know how is this gonna you know improve because it is it's definitely a problem in today's game
6: i think you just need the right care around you because um for, at the end of the day football in general is it's entertainment and the customer if you look at it as a business is the fan and it's all about the customer experience for the fan. If you look at it in a business sort of way, and these people have maybe grown up supporting that club all their life, mm-hmm. it's their club. And it is, you know, players will come and go, owners will come and go, so are the managers, but the mm-hmm. fans will always have that club. Mm-hmm. And it will be a, a story of every fan it will be, oh, I went there because my granddad took me there. Mm-hmm. He was a fan. So mm-hmm. they, they've got an emotional attachment to this club. So if they feel that a player's not performing well or not putting in a shift, they're taking it personally because it's for, it's their club. Mm. Mm. And so you can see what it is. so you, you're never gonna to be able to change that. And the only way is is to make sure that the players got the right care. And and now at Portsmouth they've had a couple of games where things have turned round mm. and now the fans are singing the I've players' names again. Bit, yeah. So now the player, it's so it's like a it's like a you go through the fans and the players go through the journey mm. together. So it's, you know, you're, you're going to get ups and downs. Yeah, And
4: Portsmouth are also a club that when the playoffs last season, I know Kenny Jackie is very experienced at that yeah. level. They're expecting him to get them promoted and obviously that the lower reaches of the league. So maybe that's where the pressure stems from that we were in the playoffs last year. We want to go one better.
6: Yeah. Every year you need, they want to build. Every club does. You don't want to be, it's all about winning and it's, it's the main thing, it's it's the emotion around it. It's mm. it's driven emotionally, the whole yeah. sport.
3: Yeah, because I think it's wrong because I'm a fan. I'm entitled to shout <laughs> abuse at one of the players. I don't think that's that's morally right, personally. And we're all guilty of doing it. We come onto this podcast <laughs> and we, yeah. We, we, yeah. we get onto players. But... You're
6: entitled to your opinion and mm. everyone's got an opinion mm-hmm. and you should have an opinion because football's an opinion sport. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even when you're looking at transfers, you could... Take a play. Look at Kevin. We were talking about this earlier, me and Julia. Mm. Kevin De Bruyne and Mo Salah were both at Chelsea and they were yeah, snubbed. Yeah, now yeah, look at them. Yeah, yeah Because exactly. the opinion of that manager... Mm-hmm.
2: Subjective, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was different. Yeah. So yeah.
6: everyone's got an opinion and you should let everyone have an opinion. You shouldn't say, oh, you shouldn't give him. No, he's a big boy. He can take the criticism. Mm-hmm. But it's how he's, the care is offered, which is sort of when you go to the role of what role of an agent is, yeah, you're, mm. you're there with his family to... Make sure that doesn't finish, and and now that can be turned positively. The player thinks, right, I'm gonna go out there and prove mm. these haters
3: wrong. Mm. And, and the, then mm. these are the intangibles that people yeah. don't
6: see. Yeah. That that agent does. They just think, yeah. oh, money chasing.
2: But mm. well, no, you're these doing, kind, you're
3: kind doing of, this yeah. as well. Yeah,
6: and we, I grew up as a Portsmouth fan, so like. I know so what it's, it's like <laughs> <laughs> I no. now, I know it's hostile yeah. and they're passionate fans. They're one of the best. Yeah. I'll say the best yeah. in the country. So they're going to get that. Mm. And the player's going to get mm. it there, but yeah. if you're prepared for it. And no listen, this is just a blip. Mm-hmm. forget that, block it out. And then the moment it turns again and they see that, if they see you're fighting for them, mm-hmm. yeah. they then get on your, they then, they're with you then. They've got their arm around you.
1: Yeah. 100, I, I I, 100%, I, I do agree. Um, and I think, you know, everybody is definitely entitled to their own opinion. I think they should just, be boundaries, though, of course, like, mm. you know, uh, a recent instance I can think of is, is the, uh, in, uh incident with Granite Xhaka at Arsenal. Mm. Now, of course, all of the fans are entitled to their own opinion, but the boundary gets, uh, you Gross. know, mm. passed when people start talking about his, you know, his family and, too you much. know, wanting him, yeah. you know, Broke wishing bad face. upon his, yeah. uh, upon his, 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 his wife and his, 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 his newborn child. Like, mm. you know, that's where it, it gets a bit too much for me, I think. Yeah, I just wanted to move back
4: into the women's game. Mm-hmm. Um, I recently saw, I think during the World Cup, Farrah Williams, the Reading player, come out and say, maybe the women's game could do with some modification. Maybe make the pitches smaller, mm. the goal smaller. Like we've seen it in tennis. In grand slams, you have best out of five sets for the men. Mm. For the women, mm. it's best out of three. Do you think there could be modifications in the women's game that help the game? Or do you see it as, you know what, I want to do what the men do as well. We can do it as well. Or how, how do you
2: view it?
5: It's a really hard point, I think. There's no right or wrong, I would say, because mm. it would be, don't know, a lot of changes if you would change the size of the pitch. Obviously, in basketball, in volleyball, like in almost every kind of sport, the women have modifications, right? Mm-hmm. So why not in football? But at the same time, if you would ask hundred of female players, I think... 99 would say no we want to mm. have the same page uh, pitch we want to have the same goal sizes mm. but when you see this for example with goalkeepers mm-hmm. like I think everyone in who's seeing the first women games Omit like it's hard to find a really good goalkeeper in the women's yeah. side of the yeah, game yeah, yeah. but yeah. it's just such a big disadvantage mm-hmm. because they're just smaller they just mm. don't have this range of motion with their mm-hmm. hands and yeah, everything yeah, yeah, yeah. so of course it's a disadvantage so why wouldn't you don't know? adapt the goals as well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i think the balls are not a problem we can kick the ball 100%. But, yeah, yes yeah, yeah. i would agree maybe with the pitch size as well because mm. we're just not that fast and maybe would don't know make the game a little bit faster or quicker mm. if we mm. would
0: just yeah.
5: make it smaller yeah
3: because i know it's during the world cup you know me and dej watched it closely and a lot of the times in the last 10 minutes, mm-hmm. if you watch the game, mm-hmm. physically the women were shot, shot mm-hmm. to pieces. No mm-hmm. one could run anymore. So mm-hmm. maybe if we truncate the pitch and mm-hmm. make it smaller, mm-hmm. you can get a higher quality game mm-hmm. throughout the whole 90 minutes.
4: That's, or what, Farrah 80 minutes. That's what Farrah Williams
3: mm-hmm. was
5: saying. Oh, wow. I didn't really hear this, but it's, it's some discussions. It comes from time to time always again when people ask like, why would you not make it a little bit smaller? Why would you not change a little mm-hmm. bit the sizes? But don't know which i would say i'm so used to the size the quality
6: is so good i think of women's football i've watched so much women's football Mm. uh, every week and i'm watching it and
5: i'm i'm gripped
6: i'm i'm (laughs) i'm 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 enjoying it you know and it's i think the quality is good enough to keep it how it is i
2: don't think you need
6: to for
5: example like the other day we learned a little like kind of new tactic or implement a new kind of tactic and we watched a men's game i don't know what team it was whatever and one boy or one guy just kicked the ball from the right back to the left wing, like with not even putting so much effort in. And then we all said, yeah. like we could never pass this ball that way, you know? Uh, so this harsh. would never work, like just from a tactical standpoint, mm-hmm. like we could never switch sides that fast because we are just not able to kick the ball 60 meters. Uh, I would say fifty yeah. 40, 50 meter or something, that's it. And that's already a lot of effort, like putting a lot yeah, of strength yeah, into yeah. this yeah like technique Mm -hmm. so from this side yeah I would agree it would make sense to make the pitch a little bit smaller but it yeah what Amit said like it's like sometimes you see really good women games as well also from a physical side and I think that that has changed the most in the last five to ten years like when you see the way like women train now it's just Obviously, the more professional it becomes, the more training you get and the better training yeah, you get yeah, and the more yeah. recovery you get as mm-hmm. well. So you are now able to cover these 90 minutes yeah, with like yeah. not having no fuel anymore in the 75th mi- minute because yeah, you yeah, yeah. worked on two training sessions where, where, whereas the other team maybe could um, train 100% during mm, the week mm. so I think from this perspective yeah it, it's getting better already but it's still when you come it's just a different maybe it's just a different perspective you have to have like when you watch a for example I watched Chelsea the other day against Ajax in oh, the stadium yeah. and I, I recently just watched women's games mm-hmm. like women games in the last maybe two months or something and when I saw this it's just from the way they move they like Oh, they machines, you know, yeah, 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 they yeah, so yeah. fast, they so quick, they so good on the ball. And then you watch our game on the weekend and it's like maybe 30, 40% slowly or uh, don't know, less physical, yeah, less yeah. Te- technical. And mm. then you think like there's a lot of still a lot of potential in yeah. the, in the game to grow. So what I say, it might be effective to change some yeah. stuff or modificate yeah, it a little bit, yeah. but. Who knows, yeah. Do you know
1: what, what I wanted to ask you, Julia? In your league, are there, like, teams that have reputations for being a certain way? So, like, for example... You know, everyone will always say like, "This is when Stoke were in the Premier League." You know, sure, this team can play well, or this player yeah. can play well, but <laughs> can they do it on a wet and windy night in Stoke? Because Stoke, because <laughs> the you know, old yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're physical. They're very, you know, yeah. all of the players are tall, strong, commanding. Yeah. Is is is, is, yeah. is that also the case with you guys? Like, I, yeah. I remember I saw some like uh, some of the highlights from. I think it was one of your FA Cup games. Uh, last season we i think you played against reading Mm -hmm. and you beat them in a semi-final and but but it was a closely contested game because they were very very physical physical yeah
5: reading is known for this to be honest yes i was just about to say yeah (sighs) reading for example is a team you know this is gonna hurt (laughs) after this game like you have a lot of bruises and yeah (laughs) that was actually my first game last year in the wsl i made and i was Mm -hmm. standing there and after 10 minutes I, i said like Yeah, I I, I think I've chosen the wrong league. (laughs) (laughs) I should have gone to Spain or Italy or something. Because it was just like, as soon as you got the ball, like there Mm. came flying tacklings tacklings from everywhere. Whereas, no, I think like Man City is really known for really technical football. Arsenal has like an unreal offensive way of play. Mm -hmm. And we are, don't know, we are a little bit, don't know, we can be everything we can yeah. be really physical sometimes yeah, and other
4: days not recently, I saw the goal against Reading you know it was a long ball in yes. Alicia yes. I think someone squared it to Alicia yes.
2: it was that Did horrible goal go in FIFA
6: that you make yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in the box he hits triangle and you're like why are you doing that it was, like, it was the perfect FIFA goal that yeah. One. Yeah. he just slotting it in so it was more direct
2: yes Omid yeah.
0: the rumour
3: is that you're the king of that type of goal I
6: don't score many goals
5: he's a good opponent obviously <laughs>
1: So that actually Is a great segue Into into the next question That I wanted to ask you guys Which was Essentially You guys are friends You both Work within the realm Of football Of course In in, 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 uh, in different uh, Degrees and, uh, and roles
6: So How did you guys meet? How did you So It was the Women's World Cup mm-hmm. In June um, And there's a conference That was in Paris where, mm-hmm. the, where the World Cup was And the week leading up To the World Cup There was these conferences And I went with uh, my colleague, Peter Odenwingi, used to yeah, play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I went along with him because he's a FIFA legend, which is... Um, <laughs> that's the name they give them. And there's, oh, okay. there's about 50 ambassadors for FIFA. And they go to all the different events. Yeah. And I went with him. Uh, we went there together. And Julia is also a FIFA legend um representing oh, wow. Germany because she played for the national mm-hmm. team of Germany. Mm-hmm. Um So we went there and around there, there was all through the week there were conferences and then the opening game of the World Cup. Mm -hmm. Shamelessly, I'll admit, Mm -hmm. I'd never watched a Mm -hmm. ladies game Mm -hmm. in my life. And even the week before, there was a friendly, I think it was New Zealand versus England on TV. I thought, I'll watch this. I watched the first half an hour and then I then put on Gillette Soccer Saturday and (laughs) started watching the Men's results coming in because I wasn't at a game that week. And um, so I'd never watched a game and... I met Julia I met a few other female players and sort of being there you slowly get inspired when you've got people like Julia who's so passionate about mm, yeah. the game talking to you I was thinking yeah I'll watch a game and you're watching it then um, there were other really big names of football there there was Mourinho was at this conference mm. Michael Essie uh-huh. Drop but uh, there was so they'd FIFA had invited big names, you know, Florent Malouda, Roberto <laughs> yeah. Carlos. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. there's but not many of you, there's less than a hundred of you at this conference, no. and they're all there. So you're thinking, Start, okay, they're here, yeah, yeah, and like, you know, what am I doing here? Like, and they're like, <laughs> yeah. that you all go to the opening game together, so you we turned up. And for this, is what I'll go on to in a minute, how I think women's football will get better from this. Mm-hmm. So you go to the game. When you're at the match, there's a huge red carpet because it's like an opening ceremony. Mm -hmm. You go in there, there's the opening ceremony was amazing. Mm -hmm. You know, everything they'd done before, just like the Man's World Cup. Mm -hmm. It was at Paris Saint Germain's stadium. It was full, completely Mm -hmm. sold out. So you're in there and you know that like feeling when, like the match day experience, Mm -hmm. when you turn up to a game and you're excited and you're thinking this is amazing. It's loud and the game comes on, the game started. And that was the first women's game I watched. And then because Foot, like I said before, football is entertainment and it's emotional and you're feeling good. You're there and yeah. you're enjoying it and you're you're entertained mm-hmm. and there's the French president is sat near you watching it so it must be big if he's oh, watching course, it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the head of FIFA, Infantino, he's there so you're thinking this is a big, big game mm-hmm. and you're enjoying it and then as the tournament's going on, all the stadiums are nearly full and it's enjoyable and the whole match day experience is good and if the, it's it's not about the score Like even when you're supporting a club as a child going to a normal league mm. game you're not going because you want to watch good football
2: Excellent.
6: Portsmouth in League 2 were getting 19,000 mm. yeah. people every week yeah. they weren't coming because the football was so good it's League 2 at the time yeah. it's yeah. good mm. but they could be watching a Premier League game they're yeah. there because they're there for the match day experience yeah. 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 and yeah. if you can improve that in women's football which they okay. are now which we've seen from the World Cup mm-hmm. people are now interested and through the, this documentary they're doing on BBC 3 That is making it more... When something looks official Mm -hmm. and it feels official and the stadium's full and there's serious people actually giving Mm. about it, they're caring about it, Mm -hmm. you're thinking, yeah, you want to be part of it. Mm. And and you feel it and you feel part of it. And if Mm. you feel part of something that is good and it feels big, you want to carry on. Mm. So I watched the games from the World Cup. We went to another city, watched that. And it was great. They were very... The way they did was good. So all these legends—they had are people that are mm-hmm. big names. Mm-hmm. So if they're doing it and tweeting about it, mm-hmm. and, and they yeah. all are, people, yeah. yeah, and it and it it goes. And mm-hmm. now since I came back, we became stayed friends, and I'm now going to every Sunday. I'm at a women's match, That's and it. so mm-hmm. Saturdays I go to the men's games. Sunday I'll be going, <laughs> and I, I'm traveling. Like we mm-hmm. went to Reading this weekend. Um, well, other way, I've been well, it's mainly in London. We're going yeah. to Man City yeah. next week, away mm. West Ham Women's to watch. So it's like I'm doing maybe as much mileage in Women's, yeah. even though, but we don't care about the return. It's not about that yeah, business-wise. Yeah, 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 yeah. We want to be part of this because mm-hmm. it's a it's a big entertainment that looks like something that's going to really be growing soon. Yeah. And if they can improve that match day experience for. the spectators which they are now Mm -hmm. and you go to some games thinking it's so busy here like Mm -hmm. there's traffic going to the game what's going on like you know then it'll catch on yeah and your first game is in
4: June as well right
6: yeah Wow. And you've caught the bug, no. yeah. And I've watched <laughs> yeah. many, nearly as many, maybe women's games this season. I mean, to every wow. every every Sunday since the game the season started. I went to some preseason friendlies. <laughs> like, oh wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah and <laughs> and really? even. There, serious. Yeah. You know. When yeah. been, no, I
5: think honestly, what Omid says is like I can agree a hundred percent because he might have chosen the exactly right event to step into the women's yes. game. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because yes, yes. if he would have started with maybe the WSL, at West Ham training ground game, West Ham against whatever, Reading or something in front of 800 spectators mm-hmm. or something. He, he might have said, yeah, women's football is there, but it's not big or something. Mm. But with this, like you got goosebumps. Mm. when you, I think back of the f- opening game in the World Cup, France against South Korea, I think, like that was unreal. Like mm. the stadium was full. France scored five goals. that They, they were cheering. It was like people were interested like spectators there were fans there yeah, yeah, supporting yeah, yeah, their team yeah. and with every goal it, I goose. But at one point I started cheering for France as well because I was so in the in the <laughs> game you know yeah, yeah, but yeah. that was my rule <laughs> I'm, I don't even know what you did at this time. <laughs> no but really I think that was when he said like after the event when we left and stuff we he was saying, I'm really inspired. Mm. I really want to do something in women's football. And I think many people ha- had this kind of feeling when they mm. left or when this World Cup was over or during the World Cup because it was just like such a big event. And what Momit mm. said, like it's entertainment. When you go to a game and it's raining and you don't even have a roof on above your head or something and you stand there and th- then you associate this uh, or like you have this picture of women's football associating this picture in your head with women's football and I think when you go to a game and there's a lot of there's a halftime show there's something something going on before the game after the game you get in touch with the players Mm -hmm. like you feel involved and this is maybe yeah the perfect timing to now start liking women's football because Mm. it's just there and we have some games now in big stadiums like we played three or four weeks ago in the olympic stadium Mm -hmm. um obviously we lost that game Obviously, when you ask earlier, how is it going like in the women's game as well with the media side, more mm-hmm, attention and mm-hmm, everything. Yeah, obviously, yeah. that that's a bad side when you okay. win or when you lose that mm. big game. Yeah. Because now all of a sudden mm. people started, um don't know, complaining or criticizing you on Twitter because mm. there were 25,000 people watching the game. Mm. And all of a sudden, there's not only like people saying, oh, nice that you play as well as a woman. It's like, oh, the the women didn't play well, and they mm. didn't perform, and how can they lose this game? And mm. this number wasn't good, and the she fans didn't... are on their backs. Yeah,
6: yes. yeah. and
5: yeah, you yeah. all of a sudden realize, ah, oh, this is actually professional football. Yeah. Okay. It's not only the good sides; mm. it's also some bad sides yeah, yeah. bringing it with mm. it. And but obviously, we all want to have this, so we have to mm. deal with this. But mm-hmm. it's just like all of a sudden, this appears when you play these big games. But yeah. this is what we all aiming for. And don't know. Hopefully, there's a lot of games like. Playing and played in the in the Man Stadium as well mm-hmm. because I think don't know people go home and they actually like experienced something. Yeah, mm. like they yeah, were in yeah, a big yeah. stadium, they saw a good game. There was like atmosphere mm-hmm. and not just a Sunday league game or something. Yeah, you know,
2: yeah, yeah,
6: yeah. once you're in, you're in. You know, once yeah. you've had that yes. experience, <laughs> you want to go again. Yeah, and this is talking it. about standing in the rain, I was at Bristol Rovers Portsmouth the other week, and Portsmouth had I think. Three or four thousand spectators travel up away.
2: Mm.
6: It was chucking it down with rain. It was windy. It was cold. And the away end at Rovers. I don't know if you've been. It's it's a it's a marquee without a roof. Like it <laughs> <laughs> and they were there and they were and the fans were singing the whole way, yeah, loving it. Yeah. And then driving two and a bit hours home wet yeah. so like they're, they're in they're not they know, like it's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One, It's the same as that they're in these fans are yeah. not going anywhere they'll yeah. travel far and wide mm-hmm. in, in any kind of weather mm-hmm. but they've had the good experience so they're there for That's the long why. haul now yeah, which is yeah. what you need for the women's mm-hmm. once people are in and tomorrow it's um the Arneses are playing Germany yeah. and Wembley sold out 90,000 seats so are amazing, sold out amazing, amazing. and in as well <laughs> I'm coming I'm going yeah, yeah we're course. going for that. I've got yeah. two games tomorrow I've got uh, one in the morning and straight to Wembley afterwards yeah. for that so
1: exciting times
4: ahead, and I'm looking like, forward
6: honestly. I'm more looking forward to that than Chelsea Palace at Stamford Bridge before <laughs> wow
2: so <laughs> it's, it's different yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: what I wanted to ask Julie is in the women's game we see a lot of male faces Phil Neville mm. manager of England your manager for West Ham Matt Baird is a male do you think we'll ever get to a place in society where we see a woman's coach coaching a men's team at the top top level I mean I see Emma Hayes the Chelsea manager I like her a lot Mm. I see her on TV shows like The Debate Mm. she speaks well well. she she knows Mm. more than the men she knows she knows her her meats and potatoes Mm. so do you (laughs) think (laughs) do you
6: think we'll ever get what's the German equivalent of that
5: (laughs) i translate later. <laughs> uh, so,
4: do you think we ever get to a place where we see a women's coach coach at the top level? I'm talking like Champions Leagues or of a, of a male team.
5: To be honest, I don't think this is possible right now. When stuff like this happening, I think there was two or three years ago in France when mm. Corinne Diacre, who is now the French national team coach for the women, trained, a uh, don't know if it was uh, first or second division in France. Mm was a, all of a sudden head coach of a men's team professional men's team and it's more like there's so much media all of a sudden then on, mm. on on your back and if this doesn't work out well as soon as it comes to losing or like whatever is going on then like negative press is it, I think it's hard for a club to deal, mm. deal with this because it's still so unusual and still so not far away from normal that I think the the football is not really ready for this to be honest in a a, like elite level highest level but i think i have a friend quite friend of me who's who coached a team in germany like fifth division or something Mm -hmm. and the media was so big like almost everyone knows her now in germany because it's it's so well i said unusual and it's still not maybe there to being really accepted Mm -hmm. because as like also the question she got asked is like it's not about football it's about her being a woman coaching a men's team yeah and i think as soon as it's like this Mm. it's gonna be hard for everyone being involved in this yeah in this deal or in this situation Mm. and players maybe can't really focus on football and the club can't really focus on football because Mm. there's so much going on like uh, Mm. about the person and Mm. i think you need people doing this and clubs being open for this to maybe at one point being just normal and it's just about what you said Emma Hayes she's a really don't know she knows about football mm. and this her knowledge is good and maybe at one point it's just about the quality and the knowledge and not about the gender anymore mm-hmm. but to be honest this is um, a long way to go yeah. still
4: I think we saw on a smaller scale I think was it the Super Cup where there was a female official that took charge of the game mm-hmm. and even before the and game be that, be opened, though,
3: that was like some of the best best officiating I've seen this season mm-hmm. that the way she managed the Super Cup was mm-hmm. amazing mm-hmm. like before the amazing game, standard
2: yeah.
4: before the game in the press conference they were saying oh how do you feel that there's going to be a woman official and uh-huh.
3: stuff like that so.
4: and Jürgen said it doesn't matter about that it's
3: about yeah. the best person for the job and yeah. she was the best person for the yeah. job yeah. she done a yeah. great job
2: yeah, yeah.
1: Man, do you know what? There's so many more things that we could speak about, man. We've just, just lost track of time completely. Um, unfortunately... Even though I know we all have so many more questions we want to have, we want to ask both. I was enjoying. And, and this Julia. So relaxed. Yeah. All, yeah. Honestly. The yeah. The so the most best. relaxed I've yeah. Yeah. been doing this. Yeah. Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. So I think we definitely need to do it again. Um, thank you very much, both of you guys, for coming <laughs> thank you. on, well, for, for you. finding yeah. the we time, appreciate it. for welcoming us into your home to do this. Of course. Um, it's nice really, you. Really appreciate <laughs> it. Um, and, and listeners, we hope you you enjoyed the, this episode. You know, you heard some very different perspectives, and we we covered a range of different topics that we haven't um had the opportunity to to touch on in in the Mm -hmm. past so we really do appreciate it um like i said already unfortunately that's all we've got time for so we hope you uh enjoyed this episode as always Help us to continue to grow the platform. If you're not yet following us on Twitter, please make sure you do at podcast underscore TBG. We've got 800 followers in our our site. We need to get there. Help us to do that. So share uh, the episode and the content amongst your friends, family members, uh, group chats, WhatsApp. Um Email chains <laughs> at work, the lot, the, the work, broadcast list. Honestly, all, all, all of it. Let, let, let's let's continue to grow the the, the platform. Uh, just a reminder that you can consume our content on Spotify, on SoundCloud, um, and on Apple Podcasts. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please don't forget to leave a five star review. And if you are going to uh, engage with us on Twitter, make sure you use the hashtag uh, TBGPod. All engagement is welcome. We want to hear your thoughts and your views. If there is anything that you agreed with, or even disagreed with, for that matter, on uh, on, on any of the topics that we covered, please make sure that you you air your 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 um, views and opinions, um, and let's start a dialogue, man. Uh, once again, thank you all for listening up, uh, up until this point. Thank you everyone around the table. Before we go, we're just gonna really quickly share our uh, Twitter Twitter handles, right, so everyone can 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 get following wants
6: to kick things off so what mine you, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah Twitter yeah. and Instagram is oh. Omid Kasper O-M-I-D-C-A-S-P-E-R
4: <laughs> Omid Kasper my, my Great, Twitter yeah. handle is at Dej underscore TBG
3: mine is um, LFC Nino.
5: and mine is um, Simit Julia I think yeah, <laughs> yeah. <Simit Julia. laughs> and
1: mine is at Budge the Gooner so please follow up make sure you follow our individual uh, account as well as the podcast TVG1, TV. make sure you do all of that, all of the above I'm looking over at Dot, do I get the stamp yeah. of approval, we haven't movie. forgotten everything brilliant, thank you very much listeners, over and out